Okay, so um, today it's my great pleasure to welcome current Hawkeye defender who has uh, 20 international caps to his name, an integral part of the squad that qualified for Euro 2020 and currently plying his trade in the Italian Serie B. Welcome to the Finnish football show, Sauli Vaisanen. Thank you so much. Tervetuloa. Kiitos, kiitos. So, um, Sauli, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. I know um, you've you've quickly just got home from, from your, your game at Kievo today. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. No problem. The game was... Uh... It's better to forget it soon, so we lost. Yeah, so yeah. I was obviously I, I keep an eye on um, on on all of the games, and uh, I was I had the 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 blings going on my phone as as things were happening in your game there. So um, yeah, I think we need to just park that for the moment. But I just wanted to tell you, I've I've actually been in um, Bentagodi Stadium myself. I was I was there. Uh, I was there when Finland played played Italy in friendly game. I think it was back in. 2016, maybe. Oh, wow. 2016 in Finland against Italy in Veron. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think that was, was, uh, that was like right before I joined the national team for the first right. time, probably. Yeah, because yeah. I don't remember the, the game. And I usually remember the games I've been with the team. So, so, yeah, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, it was it was a cool trip. You know, you obviously know yourself that Verona is an amazing city. And yes. because... Um, I think it, in that time, Perpa Hetemai was in Kievo. So there yeah. was we, we, we managed to catch up with some of the Kievo guys and they were they were really welcoming to us Finland fans there in Verona. So so happy <laughs> happy memories from that trip. Yeah, thank you. Welcome again. Yeah. After, after the pandemic, of course. <laughs> Indeed. So I wanted to say it's um it's taken us a little while to pin you down, actually, Sally. We um we first reached out to you almost a year ago when when, <laughs> it, it, when Italy was unfortunately the um, the epicenter of the COVID nineteen pandemic in Europe, and um, at that time we just wanted to check in with you and and see how you were coping with the severe lockdown that you guys were under, and um, and uh, and just wanted to ask you how at that time how did you manage to stay physically and mentally fit during during that lockdown. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, sorry for, for, for it took so long for me to reply, reply your message. But to be fair to me, you did send a message via Instagram direct messages. And I very rarely check the messages that are sort of uh, that I have to accept before I actually see them properly. So, yeah, I I went just one day to see all the direct messages I had and you were there. So sorry, sorry about that. It took some time. But we're here now. Yeah, uh, about the lockdown. Yeah, obviously it was mentally very tough time. Uh, uh, I was actually alone uh, at that time. My my wife was in, in Finland, uh, and I was alone here in Verona, uh, inside pretty much all the time because we couldn't go out and everything. But I had some equipment at home that uh, I tried to have like a daily schedule more or less. So not only to stay physically fit, but that really helped me mentally as well. Because, uh, you know, if there's nothing to push you for the day, it's mentally really, really tough. So that's why I just try to get the goal, you know, that who knows, maybe next week we start training again and, you know, sort of tell myself that lie. <laughs> yeah. And go on and go on uh, 
every day to do something. Then I tried to have one week where I, uh, one day in a week where I uh, didn't do any exercise, physical exercise and just uh, played some FIFA with friends all day. <laughs> uh, obviously, watch a lot of Netflix and uh, uh, stuff like this, but but mostly it was it was just trying to keep the daily schedule to to stay mentally fit as well as physically. I mean, here as we speak now in. Um... Yeah, in this year we are we are here in England still still under a lockdown and but at oh, least God. at least we are allowed out to to exercise outside once a day. I know in Italy it was really severe. People weren't even as you said weren't even allowed outside of their house. So it was um, really tough. But uh, yeah, we you know glad seem, things seem to be moving on. So um, yeah, fingers crossed that we're going to see the end of this soon. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's still sort of shared into the whole country is still shared into yellow orange and, and red zones uh, luckily verona has never been veneto uh, has never been uh, red zone uh, after the original all country lockdown so uh, we sort of you know we can go we have had a chance to go outside all the time and but really close like milano where some of my friends live that was all closed still for a long time also this year so uh, so we've been sort of lucky, uh, if you can say so. Mm. So if we if we go back a little bit further, we're talking about your career. I believe you began your senior career playing for Espor Honka in, in 2013, making your debut against Cooks after you were um, making some oppress- impressing uh, performances in the Palon Honka reserve team. So you, you had played for a few clubs at, at youth level around the Helsinki area. Jokarit, uh, Alansi, Pekel 35 and Hoyiko. And what was the story of this journey at, at youth level? And did you finally finally feel at home when you arrived in Honka in 2010? Uh, well, the story, story is sort of that it was not so much dependent on me because I started my career in, in FC Jokarit, as you said. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, five years old, something like this. And... Uh, after a few years, Jokarit didn't exist anymore. So uh, uh, the whole team pretty much just just became Ase Alliancy. And uh, we sort of merged with, with Alliancy uh, at that time. And then after a few years again, uh, there was some sort of scandal in the in the 18 level of Alliancy. And of course, you know, the shit comes downwards, as you can say, if you can say so. Uh, so yeah, the juniors also, all the... The activity ended with Alliance as well. So I went to Beko, 35. Um, yeah, nothing bad to say about Beko. After a, only a year there, I sort of uh, looked at other options. I went to went to Hoiko, Helsinki. And uh, I actually couldn't, I didn't make it into the under-16 team um, when I became, you know, 14, 15 years old. So I was... Either I stay in the club and go go to the second team of under 16, or I leave the club. So I chose to leave the club and I I went to FC Honka, uh, where I then stayed <laughs> stayed uh, my rest of the time in Finland and slowly slowly went up the ladder to the, the first team. So uh, it's sort of an unlucky thing that I've been playing for so many clubs, uh, but you know, two teams just went under me with, without my decision. So it, it happens. And then, of course, I couldn't make it to the Hoiko under-16 team uh, back in the day. So so I decided to leave. That was my own choice. Mm, I remember um, many years ago, I um, 
I was I, I had a season ticket at West Ham for many years, and um, right. and back in the days, um, FC Jokerit played against West Ham in in the UEFA Cup, and yeah. um, you know it was like pretty pretty amazing. And then and then all of a sudden that football team ceased to exist. It's like a it's like but when you get to know Finnish football, you understand that these financial troubles can have can have those um, those effects on yeah. on clubs. It's it's really tricky. Yeah, of course. Uh, I was so little. I didn't. Don't I still don't really know what exactly happened with first with Jokerit and then with Alliance as well. But both of the teams were were uh, major like big teams in, in Finnish scale. So they were playing for the first league and they were fighting for like you said, Jokerit was playing in, in uh, Europe as well. So so uh, yeah, I don't know what happened, uh, but both teams still uh, you know I don't know if there's some some sort of. Uh, Fans started base team or, team or something, yeah. Uh, but at least the similar level for this team doesn't exist anymore. So mm. it's bad, but it's true. <laughs> so you 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 played in Hong Kong, as you say. You you went up the ladder from the youth team to the first team, but it was only after a um, a relatively small number of appearances for for Hong Kong. You left Finland at just twenty years old and signed for AIK in in Sweden in twenty fourteen. Um, as we, we mentioned just before the interview, your good friend and Hukia international teammate Eero Markkanen was, was already in AIK. And was it, was it helpful to have a, a fellow Finn there in Stockholm when it came to, to settling into a new country and a new club? Yeah, of course. Of course it was. Uh, not only that he was Finnish, but he turned out to be a great, great guy as well. And we became, uh, we became and we still are good, really, really good friends with him. So, uh, yeah, it was obviously helpful to have a Finnish guy, but to be fair, he left pretty soon uh, when I get, when I came <laughs> to one step big, bigger club to Real Madrid. So, uh, but it, it was helpful at first, and then of course uh, that wasn't the only time we were together in, in the team. So we we went to play some uh, disc golf, and he pulled <laughs> me around Stockholm. So. <laughs> So it was nice to have a Finnish guy there. Then uh, Robert Taylor came as well, and, mm. and I actually left very shortly after after Robert came. Uh, I left went to Italy. So uh, yeah, two times when a Finnish guy comes, another goes out. So I think they have a budget of Finnish players there. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Robert Taylor, another great guy from Uvascula. So um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, obviously Keskisuom is producing some great footballers. We know that. <laughs> apparently, apparently, yes. We. Um, I have a funny story about that. Actually, we, myself, and a bunch of guys from um, from Uvascular, like um, Yee Core fans, we we made a trip to Stockholm to um, to to go and see AIK and and to 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 look how Aero was doing over there. Obviously, we knew he was playing really well, and but yes. by the time we had, by the time we had booked the tickets and um, and got everything sorted. We we got to Stockholm and Eero had already left for Real Madrid. So, <laughs> yeah. You you were yeah. still there, so it, we we watched the um, the Stockholm derby with Jurgen and, and it, I think it finished one one. But yeah, it was such an amazing atmosphere. It was like yeah, something yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know coming from England. It was being in Stockholm to, in the Stockholm derby. It was just crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it was crazy for me as well. I think Ivera already left, so it was one of my first games probably for a team. I think it was the, if it was in in Friends Arena the game. Yep. It was the second. Yeah, it was the second, and I was suspended because I took red in the first one. So, <laughs> so uh, I was also also in the audience in that game. But but yeah, I remember that feeling as well to see the Stockholm derby for the first time and see uh, IAK's amazing fans. So it was. 
you know, sort of a moment for me as well. Wow, I have I have uh, really came far far in my career so already. When I'm, mm. you know, it's a big team and it's a big uh, impact for the people as well. So, so it was nice, very nice. So you made you made a few appearances for AIK in 2014 and 15, and also had a loan spell back in Finland with. Helsinki EFCOR. Um, yeah. In 2016, you you really secured your first team place, and I think you racked up something like 29 games in in all competitions. You must have been pleased to have cemented that place in the in the AIK team. How did how did you feel about your own your own game at this time? And was the standard in Allsvenskan a significant step up for you from from playing in Veikkausliiga? Yeah. Um... Obviously, it felt great to to get the starting spot, and uh, I felt very, I had very good self confidence back back in that in the days. I still have, but <laughs> if we speak about that period, so uh, it was like um, at the start of the season, uh, I didn't play so much, and then we changed actually coach, and Ricard Norling came in yep. for the team, and uh, we, we changed some our system to be more more or less five three two. Some variations inside that, but more or less five three two uh, all games or three two three five two, however you want to call it, and that really suited me and my my playing style. So uh, yeah, that was a really good year for me, and I I in my opinion took my place in the in the Alsenskan, um elite defenders, if you can say so. <laughs> I don't know, but in that that year, and uh, I still still remember the year because I received so much love for from the fans and from the club as well. So it was a good year for me. Uh, and not far, like half a year, on, uh, onto the next season, I, I left to Serie A. So so yeah, it was a good season for me and sort of my breakthrough year. So so yeah, <laughs> I have only good good memories from that season. Yeah, it was. Um... As I said previously, it's, it was amazing to to witness that atmosphere, and it must have been so cool for you to play in that atmosphere every week. And and, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it must have been so great. So after a total of forty six appearances and and two goals for um, Gnaget, you moved to Italy, signing for Spal in what was to become, I think, the club's first season in Serie A after something like nearly fifty years away. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, how did, how, did your, how did your transfer to Italy come about? And uh, can you try and explain how excited you were to be moving to one of Europe's <laughs> top leagues? Uh, yeah, uh, the transfer actually came came very, very quickly because, uh, yeah, because uh, I, I just remember I woke up one day and I I, I think I, my agent had sent me a message. Uh, like, call me when you can or something like that. And I went to see some, you know, open Twitter or something, whatever you do in the morning when I had some breakfast and stuff. And I just saw that, that Spal is interested in Sauli Weiss. And I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, I went to Google Spal and I went to, you know, see the team. I didn't know Spal is not so famous team abroad. But I saw that they just just uh, uh, promote, got promoted to Serie A. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> Uh, it's hard to explain how excited I, I was, and, and to be fair, after that the negotiations were very fast, very very uh, easy, easy to uh, to take care of. Sort of, uh, IAK also also didn't hold me back. They they also saw this was an opportunity for me to leave, and uh, I think the clubs also came very fast. 
just to a solution. So then after that, it was very fast. So I didn't really have time to think about it or, you know, have second thoughts or anything. It was just, you know, names on the paper and pack my bags and go. So after that, it went very fast. Uh, sometimes uh, transfers can take weeks. Sometimes they go in a day. And this was more than a second. So, Wow. So um, I think it's fair to say that when you when you first joined Spell, you had um, limited chances playing seven league games and a further two in the Coppa Italia in your first season. Were you were you frustrated at your your lack of game time after being such a regular at AIK? Um, to be fair, I, I expected it to be quite hard to to secure my spot. In, after all, it's it's a big jump from Austria to Serie A, so. Uh, the club uh, showed a lot of belief in me when I signed the contract and I had, uh, I think, three and a half years contract. So it was not like I have to make it in the first season, sort of. Uh, I was expecting to, to you know, quite slowly got uh, get involved in the team, in, in the action on the pitch as well. But to be fair, uh, I went there and the first league game was against Lazio uh, away. Uh, I actually played the first first game and I played... I don't know, like first five games, I played three of them. So uh, I got really to a flying start, I would say. Um, then I had some some injury problems, uh, which I think were were partly because uh, I didn't get any any kind of vacation, really, because I went in the middle of the season from Sweden yeah. to, start, to start the season in Italy. So in like November, December, some muscular problems uh, started to appear. Of course, the training, training load is also very different. Uh, compared to to what I was uh, used to. So I got some issues with my body. And after the issues, uh, I didn't really, really go to the starting 11 again. So I was not frustrated, but uh, I would say that the start went better than I expected. I also played actually really, really well. Uh, but then after the injuries, uh, I could say I was a bit frustrated because the start was so flying. So after that, I was I expected to to get uh, more more playing time also in the end of the season. But yeah, uh, it was still a great experience to to be part of a Serie A team and to get to experience uh, playing Lazio away, Inter away, and this kind of games. So so it was a special experience, and I will I will remember it for a long time. Hopefully, hopefully not the last time I get to play in that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's again speaking about atmosphere to go from Stockholm derby and then find yourself in in Lazio away that must have been even more of a, a step just think look around and think like wow this is a well, bit crazy yeah. yeah the facilities where of course it's Stadio Olimpico in, in Roma it's, it's crazy but to be fair uh, I don't think I ever played in in the same similar atmosphere what I what I had in, in Stockholm derbies it's a uh, it's special special uh, game to play if, if you ever like you, you said yourself you came from England you yeah. come from England and you, you still were astonished by the Stockholm Derby atmosphere so that tells me a lot because England is very much the mecca of football you know the football atmosphere the, the fans are crazy in England <laughs> and the fans are really really good in England and very loud you could say so yeah the Stockholm Derby is a special game and uh, yeah who knows one day maybe <laughs> I play there again so mm. So your second season in Italy saw you loaned to um, Crotone, uh, where you again were a first-team regular, uh, amassing 26 appearances. Um, Was there any any chance of you staying there in Crotone, or were you happy to return to Spal and and fight for your place? Uh, Yeah, of course, you 
sort of keep your options open. The season was very good for me. I played a lot. Uh, we struggled a bit as a team, which in my opinion is quite normal for a team that, that gets relegated from the first flight to the second. It's, it's not so easy to get used to different kind of football and try to bounce straight back up. So, so we had uh, some issues at the first half of the season. The second half was really good, but it was sort of too late to, to go to get to fight for the promotion again. Yeah. But uh, I still had a really good year there. And uh, yeah, you could say I had options to stay, but it went how it went. And I, I was very happy to go to Spal, of course, and fight for my spot in Serie A again, which in the end didn't happen because I got transferred to, to Kievo, Kievo Verona, where I am, I am still right now. So, yeah, it was a great year for me, but I you know, also happy to, to return to fight for my spot in Serie A, <laughs> which is now in Kievo Serie B. But hopefully... Mm-hmm. Hopefully we have promoted this season. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're moving on now to say that your your next move saw you sign for Kiev in Verona. Um, the Flying Donkeys were starting nineteen twenty in Serie B, and and they obviously had been aware of your performances for Crotone. You started off well, playing twenty three times in your first season. Um, so did you did you feel like you settled in well at, at Kiev? And um, how did you feel you were playing at that moment? Yeah. Uh... Yes, I settled in very well. It, it's, uh, it was no issues. Uh, the club so, showed, uh, uh, Mister, our coach, uh, showed a lot of faith in me. Directly, I directly got involved with first team football, first eleven football, and took sort of took my place as a starter. And uh, yeah, the competition was very hard, but I settled in well. It was no issues. Uh, then, of course, came the lockdown, sort of in the middle of the season. And uh, after the lockdown, I. Broke, broke my foot. Uh, so after that, it's, it's been a struggle. Up until now, now, now I can say I'm perfectly fit again. Uh, but yeah, I settled in well and uh, and uh, it was no issues. So Serie B is a, um, it's a bit of a home, home away from home for Finns at the moment. There's, um, <laughs> as well as yourself, there is Jesse Joronen and um, Simon Scrab in, in Brescia. Patrick Raitanen is um, playing in the youth team of your, your old club, Spal. Uh, yes. Lauri Alamulumaki has just been joined by Nicky Mayenpai in Venezia. And, yes. um, of course, we have um, we can't we can't not speak about Helmerich yesterday qualifying for women's of Euros. Course. And there's, there's <laughs> lots of Helmerich um, in Italy as well. So um, it's kind of like a little expat society you've got going on there. <laughs> from, um, from, from a fan's point of view, it's great to see Finns playing playing in Italy in and in a in a league like Serie B do do you think that this is um a good standard and a good league for for young Finns to develop their game uh yeah the standard is very high in, in Serie B uh compared to to the even the likes of Alsvenskan I would say because there's so much emotion and so much uh so much pace and tempo in the game so Every every game is like a like a war, if you can say so. Uh, so yeah, the level is very high. It's not the easiest place for, like you say, youngsters. It's not the easiest place place for young players uh, to to uh, get you know get to be regular starting eleven players because the Italian football culture is very, as you probably know, it favors the experience, it favors tactical awareness and and. Uh, for a youngster that comes from different kind of football, different kind of tempo, it's not easy to break through right away. But obviously, if you want to develop your, your defending skills and your tactical awareness and your, 
your overall game. Italy is a great place to be, and there's a lot of good coaches, a lot of good, uh, good clubs, uh, traditional clubs. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, whatever I can do, whatever we can do, we who play here already to, to path uh, the way for, for new Finnish players, new, new generations to hop in. So, yeah, uh, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> it's um, we at the Finnish football show. We're very um, we're very keen on 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 getting people's opinions of. Um, of how they feel that it's best to develop young Finnish talent if they should remain at home in Finland in in their home clubs or if they feel that they if they are given the opportunity to move abroad then they should they should do so and um we've had lots of different opinions we spoke recently with um with Antti Niemi and he told us that he believes that if guys get the chance to go abroad and and test themselves in a league and try to develop in a different culture and a, a different footballing philosophy, then they should take that chance. Um, we've also spoken to people where we've seen guys leave Finland, have a little trip around Europe and find themselves back in Finland and maybe missing out on a little bit of development if they'd have stayed at home. So, I mean, you you left when you were already 20 and you've been in a couple of different countries. Uh, you feel that it's it's good for young players to to leave home and try themselves in these leagues? Uh, to be fair, I never really had a chance to, <laughs> to to leave and go test my wings also, so I never had to sort of make that decision. But I actually spoke about this uh, at uh, Palo Ya Pula podcast that I did a few weeks ago. And it's, for me, I don't like, you know, to have one opinion because everybody is different and for everybody there's a different path uh, to go, to, go uh, to try to develop as a footballer. And I don't believe that there's this right path to leave when you're young or right path to stay in Finland and first uh, develop there and then go whatever, you know, because we've seen many stories that, for example, somebody goes when they're young and that works for them and they slowly go up from, through the academy and, and they play in the highest level of football. For me, for example, uh, I stayed in Finland. It was perfect for me. The culture was perfect in the football culture, the development uh, road was perfect for me and I for me I think that was the best best thing but I cannot speak for everybody so everybody's different everybody everybody has a different path to to go so uh, yeah I I I don't like taking you know sort of sides which which is better I'm sort of a diplomat here in the middle (laughs) yeah no it's it's I think I think you're absolutely right it has to be a personal choice and and what's right for the player and of course his family as well I mean um we 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 watch Marcus Force very keenly here at yes. the football show because he's playing here in England and Jakob yeah. Oxenen also is in in Brentford but currently loaned to AFC Wimbledon so we're keeping an eye on those guys and you know young guys who have moved to England with their families so I guess yeah. the, the paths and the um, and the decisions are different for everybody so I think you're spot on when it has to be um, for whatever the individual feels is, is best for them. Exactly, exactly. So if we um, if we can move on and, and start to talk about hockey yet that would be um, that would be that'd be great so after a, after a number of games for the for the under 21s you made your international debut for Finland and in October 2016 at the age of 22. Um, this was the, I, I think this was the ill-tempered Nordic derby versus Iceland. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, you know, it's my day. De- it was my debut. So I had, uh, you know, great emotions. And then the game was how it was. So we lost 3-2 in the end. Uh, so 
Yeah, a lot happened in the game. I was really, really happy and excited, but at the same time, really, really, really pure, you know, after the game. So it was a weird feeling, weird feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, again, I, I, um, I was actually in, in Reykjavik for that game with, um, with a lot of friends from, from Uvascular and obviously from the rest of Finland who I see when I travel to watch the games. My wife yeah. was there with me in Reykjavik. She said, you're not going to Iceland without me. So I'm coming as well. And obviously we did, you know, the um, Blue Lagoon stuff. And we actually had a fantastic, had a fantastic few days there in, in Iceland. And there was, um, there was quite many Finnish fans. We, we pretty much overtook the whole of downtown Reykjavik. And the, the march to the stadium was something that I'll never forget. It was really, really great. Similar to yourself, you know, the emotions were really, really good. And then by the end, my gosh, what happened? But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think the game ended with Iceland scoring that injury time winner. And um, and I, I will always remember, I think it was Nicholas Moisander grabbing the referee by the, uh, by the yeah, throat yeah. or something. But, but it, it, it was a great game for yourself. As you said, it was your debut. And I think it was, you provided the pass to Kariakivo, who, who crossed for Temu Puki, who scored our opening goal. But, Yes. Ultimately, the um, the game ended in disappointment. You've you've touched there on your on your mixed feelings, but if you just want to tell us again about the the sense of pride that you must have had as at making your debut for Finland, just to pull that that white shirt and and see that that badge on your chest, how how was that? Yeah, uh, I don't think you can really put into words because you know it's sort of boring to say it was amazing, it was great, it, it, it was, but. Uh, everything sort of happened really fast there as well for me uh, because I was, like you said, I was playing, it was 2016, I was playing really good season for, for IAK in Sweden, but I didn't really expect to, uh, first of all, to get a call up to the first national team so fast. Uh, and I got it and then I started the game uh, in my first, <laughs> first call up for the first national team. So everything happened so fast that I was still sort of bamboozled about everything. Uh, of, I think after the game, I started to, you know, not directly because I was so pissed off, but after a few days, I started to realize and that uh, sort of what, what has happened. You know, I, I just started the first national team. I just represented my country at the highest level of football. So, uh, yeah. And from though, uh, the starting few games, the starting year, I would say was really uh, difficult for, for our national team. We lost a lot of games and we had some tough time, but... But obviously now it's going a bit better. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's still a great pride to put on the national team team jersey every time uh, I can, and hopefully, hopefully there's many more times to come. It was um, it was our old friend Hans Bakker who who gave you that hooky at debut, I think. But it was um, yeah. it was the coming of the uh, of the revolution that we that we have <laughs> to talk about now. Um, you were you were pretty much a regular in the squad during the the Nations League campaign that saw Hukia win League C and um, you appeared in five of the 10 Euro 2020 qualification matches that that saw us um, secure a place at a major international tournament for the first time. We've spoken to a few other of the guys about the team spirit in the in the Hukia squad around this time and do you do you agree that this spirit or the CISO as we like to call it has made an important part in you guys making history in, in Helsinki in November 2019? And what are your particular personal memories from that night in November? Oh, I still get chills now when you speak about it. Uh, 
yes, of course, the team spirit. I don't think I ever experienced anything like uh, like our team spirit in the in the national team. Uh, of course, credit to all the players, to all the staff, and to everyone around the team who has created the sort of atmosphere that every time I get a call up, I I can't wait to hop on a plane and travel and see the guys and see being the sort of atmosphere. So, so yes, uh, I think. For any country that's sort of a bit smaller football country, uh, the team spirit plays a major, major part in uh, trying to achieve any kind of success. For any, even for the bigger teams, of course, but I think especially for the sort of smaller football football countries. Although I cannot say anymore we are a small football country because of the success of uh, both Hukad and Helmarit now. So, so, uh, yeah, but obviously it's a great great uh, feeling to, to to be in a team that has so so good team spirit and it has um, sort of um, helped us to to gain our goals and uh, hopefully we get to gain more more goals in the future i think um you you're, you echo the thoughts of everyone we've spoke to we um we recently spoke to lukas radetzky and he was saying that you know there's many many players who are playing from Hukia squad who are playing in countries like yourself in Italy and Lucas in uh, in Germany and all yeah. over all over Europe and some guys even in USA so he was saying that to come to national team where you can speak in your own language and make yeah. jokes in your own language and you know just to be that feeling of togetherness is is so great so i mean um, and it's 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 we've seen the results on the pitch so that it's it's just unbelievable it's so it's so great for us as fans as well and you know we um we are feeling the pride when we're just putting the scarf around our neck so for you guys to to wear the shirt it must be unbelievable and we we you know we just want to say thank you for everything you guys are, are doing for us out there on the pitch no thank you as well uh, i said earlier that everyone around the team and of course without the fans uh, this kind of atmosphere would, would don't exist so uh, I remember even when we had tough spells at the start of my national uh, first national team career uh, the fans were still always there like you said for example in Iceland where we lost 3-2 <laughs> you still have some hard feelings like like uh, likewise <laughs> but uh, even through the tough times the support was always there uh, of course, when it goes well, it's it's easy to support a team. But when it's when it's difficult, it's uh, it's hard. Uh, and those are the like I think Jurgen Klopp said recently that it's easy to smile and be happy and support a football team when it goes well. But for example, Liverpool, who is struggling a bit now, uh, these are the times that really measures uh, the true fans and everything. So yes, thank for the fans. Also, you were there to lift us, lift us uh, to sort of start this this journey and you you help us to stay stay on this journey upwards and together we can we can reach high goals hopefully so mm. euros next <laughs> that's it that um from my personal from my own personal experience that that night in helsinki in that november 2019 is something that will stay with me for a long long time when we when we we all ran to the pitch after the final whistle there and yeah. surrounded, <laughs> surrounded by you players it was it was it was actually so great. It was it was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the highlight of my career, and and who knows what what highlights I will will make in the future, but or we will make in the future. But uh, I think it's very hard for any any you know moment in my career, also in the future, to surpass these moments because yeah, I don't know. It's the best moment of my career, uh, one of the best moments of my life, uh, both emotion wise and you know the feeling 
of success and the feeling that we have achieved something together, something that we deserve together. So, yeah, it was a good good night. <laughs> so after um, just a few days after that momentous night, the um, the squad travelled to Greece. Um, yeah. I think most of you guys were sleeping on that aeroplane. You may have had one too many beers after after the Liechtenstein game, but um, but you and you and your younger brother Leo. Uh, lined up together in the centre of defence for that that Greece game. I mean, how how was it to start a national team game alongside your brother Leo? And that must have been such a moment for you and and your family, like your your parents, your your family. It must have just been crazy. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, that it's difficult for any moment to top the you know night that we won beat Liechtenstein, but this one comes very close <laughs> because. Uh, I don't know if it's even bigger bigger moment for me than my brother, but but for me, yeah, the emotions that I had when I just saw that we are starting a game together, and then when we play together, you know, high five my brother when he makes a great sliding tackle and stuff like this. It's not many brothers who who have had these kind of moments in their life uh, to achieve something something you strive for together and to play together in an official match for for the first national team. So uh, yeah. Uh, Obviously, it was already, you know, we were already in the Euros, but it was still an important official game that we played, got to play together. So, so yeah, it's it ranks very, very high also in my list of best moments of my career. Uh, probably mm. the second one <laughs> after the Euros. So, so yeah, wow. Yeah, it's, it's something that, I mean, people can only dream of to to start mm. and play national team with, with, your, with your little brother. It must be... Like just so amazing. I mean, we obviously keep an eye on Leo as well, and he's been playing pretty well in Sweden with um, Elsborg. Uh, yep. are, are you able to to watch Elsvenskan games from from your home there in Italy and keep up with how Leo is doing? Obviously, um, there's there's you know some streaming platforms like D Play. I think that shows most of, most of the most of the games. Uh, not every every game, but most of the games. And then of course, uh, you know. You always find ways to see the see the games. <laughs> so I every time he's on the pitch, I try to try to see the game, and um, you know uh, we like to also talk about each other's uh, games and how we're we're doing and how you know if I have something to critique, I'm not too too scared to tell him, and if he's got something to critique, he's not too scared to tell me. This is also you know we're brothers, and that was a, why it was also so great to to get to play it. First in first national team game together because uh, you know from the backyard games we always been there for each other in our careers and in our lives sort of so we support each other in our careers and uh, to gain something something like that uh, hopefully not for the last time <laughs> it, yeah so yeah he's doing great in in Elsbury and hopefully he's got he's got all his career he's still in front he's still young. Mm. So, um, so how how did you guys first get into football? Like, was it from a, from when you were both small, just those backyard football games, is, or were you tempted by the the hockey the hockey rink as well, or how did that play out? Uh, me, I think uh, I never really had anything else but football. Uh, I don't know really why, but my mother took me took me to when I, I think I was three years old. Uh, she has told me that he, she took me to sort of a football camp for youngsters, and I was I was playing in the same same group with six year old girls and, and younger. I think uh, 
obviously, I don't know if you can call it football, but but for me, after this, there was only football. I started in FC Jokeret when I was five years old, like I said before, and, and stuff like this. Uh, I don't think I ever was really interested in anything else. Uh, FIFA, but it's also football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my brother tried some some athletics as well. Uh, um, I don't know how you call or how you call it the high, high jump with the with yeah. the stick. Pole vault. Yeah, pole vault exactly, and some other other things. But for me, it was always only football. Mm. So speaking again about hockey, it's um, I think because you had that that problem you mentioned before with your foot, you um, you was you was omitted for the last couple of the national team squads. Do you find it do you find it hard to watch Finland when you are not involved or does um are you are you does River give you a call to ask how you're doing or or to explain what what's going on and and how how is your focus to get to get back involved with the hockey as quickly as possible? Um, of course, it's sort of hard to to watch them watch hockey play when I'm not involved. But sort of, I know I've been probably saying this to someone before as well, but. Um, the difference between national team and, and club teams is that when you are, you know, on the bench or a little bit injured and you watch your club club play, you know, you don't want them to lose, of course. You want them to do well, but you sort of want the players in your position to not have the greatest <laughs> games and stuff like this. But for the national team, it's it's never really been that. Uh, obviously, it's hard to watch them if, if they don't succeed, but lately the success has still been there. Uh, also now in the Nations League, Nations League and some new new guys coming in like Unni and Markus Palakarian and Force. Uh, so, uh, yeah, sort of tough to watch when I'm not involved, but but still great to see the team's success. Uh, obviously, my focus is uh, trying to get involved as soon as possible again. Um, it's not up to me. I have to do well, of course, in the in the club level and then then if I do well in the club level it's up to <laughs> the people up to even those uh, but yes we have uh, we call sometimes and we have some contact uh, with each other sometimes and uh, Rive is also I have to give him credit that he's really good in in sort of um, being always reachable and being available to have a chat and, and stuff like this so so yeah hopefully I get to, a chance to chance to put on the jersey as soon as possible and then of course the Euros is, is my big goal. So you touched there about um, when you're sitting in the bench on your at your club side, it's a it's a little <laughs> bit different. And um, you you was on the bench today, and um, yeah. and yeah, we we don't want to speak too much about that. But that crazy guy Mario Balotelli, I think, scored for a for a one nil yeah. for Monza. But um, are you are you feeling that? Are you feeling that you can you could you could affect the game when you, when you're sitting there on the bench? Are you are you waiting for that call to to make the starting eleven or to even come into the game in in halfway through and and make make a difference? Do you feel that you could influence the game for Kieva? Yes, of course. Uh, where I see myself, I see that I, I really can help the team. For for me, uh, I believe I should be playing. <laughs> But it's, uh, you know, I think every football player who sits on the bench should feel so because that's the level of competitiveness and that's the level of uh, um, sort of mind power and will you have to have to to play in this level. Uh, I believe I would have an impact and hopefully I get the the, the call to be in the starting lane as soon as possible or hopping from the bench, like you say. 
it's very rare that you change central defenders in the in the middle of the game uh, unless there's an injury or yellow cards or risk of conceding a goal and you put on an extra defender or something like this. But hopefully I get the chance to to start again soon. Um, actually, this coach has never seen me play because he came right before the... or seeing me play at least when, when he's been in Kiev because he came, Mr. Ayeti, he came... Um, uh, right before the lockdown period. And after the lockdown, I've been pretty much injured all the way, uh, apart from a small window in the preseason. Um, and now, of course, I'm fit again. Uh, hopefully, I get a chance to chance to play again soon, and chance to be be involved again soon and hopefully make an impact and, and then stay stay on the starting 11. Now, thank you, Sally. We appreciate you. It must be tough to answer those kind of questions, but we, we <laughs> appreciate, appreciate your honesty. And it, it's really really great to hear that you are fully focused and and knocking on the door to get back into that team we when I'm when I'm checking Kievo I want to see that your name is in in the start so it's um we hope that you can we hope that you can make that soon so also we we hope to see you back in the white shirt by the time that Euro 2020 is eventually played and um we sincerely hope that as fans we we are allowed to travel to to cheer you guys on in the stadium um you've you've already touched on how important you feel the the hooky up fans are to you are to you personally and um you know we we've all got our tickets we all had our flights and that stuff all got cancelled but we're all um, we're all ready to travel as soon as we're allowed and UEFA make make whichever decisions that they they have to make so we're all keeping our fingers crossed that we can be there with you yeah me me as well uh I, you know i don't know what what's going to happen hopefully hopefully the fans are allowed to come to the stadium uh, but you know, the pandemic is always first, but you know, it's, there's still some time. Hopefully, the pandemic goes away and <laughs> and we can yeah. share the the memories together, but uh, the moments together. But you never know. Uh, whatever the decision is, the, the fans are still very important for us. So, so thank you so much. So, just lastly, Sally, before I let you go, I just want to. Um, we've had a lot of time to think about Euro 2020. It's um, it's. <laughs> It, it's still it's still called that, even though we're going to play it in 2021. But I just wanted to ask you finally, um, how far do you think this this Finland team can go? Um, what do you feel about what do you feel about our our opponents? Uh, firstly, of all, you know, Denmark, Russia, and Belgium, and and how how do, how far do you feel this team can go? Uh, obviously, it's it's Euro tournament, so no game is not no opponent is going to be easy. Uh, it's a tough group, of course, since especially since we play play against Russia in Russia uh, and against uh, Denmark in Denmark. So that's probably not helping. But uh, you know, I don't know if uh, we still we still haven't you know set a goal to achieve or something like that. But it's Euros and it's single games, so anything ha- can happen. Uh, so like for example, Iceland showed a few years ago. So you know, any anything is possible and. You know, when it's only one game, or first the group stage, of course, but then one game, one game, one game, anything can happen. So, so yeah, hard to say, but uh, only roof is the limit, sky is the limit, if you can say so. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Greece won 2004, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, looking for glory all the way over here. So, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. we, we just hope that we can be there with you, but... Uh, finally, Sauli, I just want to say again, Iso um, Kitos, it's been it's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, when you uh, when you bump into um, those guys at Brescia again, tell them we said hello. We're going to be 
knocking on their doors soon. But, um, I will, I will. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much. And, and thank you for everything you're doing for all us Finland football fans. And, and good luck for the rest of your time there in Italy. Thank you so much. It was nice to be involved. Thank you. Lovely. See you soon, Sauli. See you. Thanks. Bye, Mike.